Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So Senator Rand Paul put on an absolute master class on how to handle the media and their attempts to silence us from discussing anything other than what they want us to talk about, which is how wonderful Joe Biden is. Maybe we should give him neck massages or something, rub his head. We're not going to do that. So I've got those clips coming up for you today. I've also got... You know, I don't adjectives are stunning, astonishing. I don't know how to describe it, but a new election report out by Phil Klein's group, this Amistad project. I've got about six screenshots from this report about the election that. I, I don't know, I found pretty stunning and some relatively sober analysts on social media found it stunning, too. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, get a VPN today. Protect your online activity from prying eyeballs. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get to it. I got that. I've also got some more on our experts, how government experts have totally failed us, and yet they've focused their ire on Donald Trump. So don't miss that. Today's show brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Finding great candidates to hire can be like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Nobody wants to do that. You can post your job to some job board, but then all you can hope is that the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. ZipRecruiter does the work for you. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job sites with one click. Then ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. Get qualified candidates fast. Don't waste any time. So while other services may overwhelm you with applications to sift through, ZipRecruiter finds what you're looking for, the needle in the haystack. In fact, ZipRecruiter is so effective, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate through the site within, what, the first day. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, let's go. So, ladies and gentlemen, there's no bell this week. Um, I'll explain to you in a couple of weeks from now what's really going on, especially if the show looks a little bit different to you. Uh, but a lot of work went into it. Thank you to my good friend, Reed. Paula and Joe and Drew for being so understanding. But uh, I promise you, in a couple of weeks, there's a reason I can't explain it now. I'll explain to you what's really going on. All right, let's get to this Rand Paul segment. So um, Rand Paul was on uh, George uh, Snuffleupagus's show on, uh, what is it, ABC or whatever. You know George. He was the old political operative for Bill Clinton who now pretends to be a journalist. And listen, I got no personal problem uh, with Stephanopoulos, right? He's a political operative. I do have a problem, however, with Stephanopoulos pretending that he is somehow um, uh, some some independent, nonpartisan journalist. That's an utter absurdity. So he was on with Rand Paul, and Rand Paul dared to bring up serious constitutional questions about changes that were made to election law prior to the 2020 election that a lot of people are very concerned about. Well, that didn't go well for Stephanopoulos, who expected Rand Paul to fold relatively quickly. I got three cuts from this interview. It's that good. I was going to play the whole thing straight through, but it's six minutes long, so I had to cut it up. So check out video one. Here's Rand Paul again, a master class in schooling the media, who is not going to be dissuaded from asking questions. Check this out. This election was not stolen. Do you accept that fact? Well, what I would say is that the debate over whether or not there was fraud should occur. We never had any presentation in court where we actually looked at the evidence. Most of the cases were thrown out uh, for lack of standing, which is a procedural way of not actually hearing the question. There were several states in which the law was changed by the secretary of state and not the state legislature. To me, those are clearly unconstitutional. And I think there's, a, there's still a chance that those actually do finally work their way up to the Supreme Court. Courts traditionally and historically don't like to hear election questions. But yes, were there people who voted twice? Were there dead people who voted? Were there illegal aliens who voted? Yes, and we should get to the bottom of it. I'll give you an example. In my state, when we had a Democrat Secretary of State, she refused, even under federal order, to purge the rolls of illegal voters. We got a Republican Secretary of State, and he purged the rolls. But, uh, Senator it Paul, does I make have a to, difference, I, and those things I, I have, have to, to stop occur. you there. there no, no, no election is perfect, but there, there were 86 challenges filed by President Trump and his allies in court. All were dismissed. Every state certified the results after investigations counts and recounts. The de Department of Justice, led by William Barr, said there's no widespread evidence of fraud. Can't you just say the words, this yeah. election was well, not what stolen? What I would suggest is, what I would suggest is 
is that if we want greater confidence in our elections, and 75% of Republicans agree with me, is that we do need to look at election integrity, and we do need to see if we can uh, restore confidence in the elections. There you go. Do you see what's going on now, folks? Listen, I fully understand and get that there are various degrees of seriousness to arguments made about what happened in the 2020 election. I get that. I think we've been clear on that from the start. Space aliens didn't come down and interfere in the 2020 election. However, there are very legitimate questions the media does not want you to ask. Why is that? I thought this was uh, they were in the, the arena of fact finding and journalism. For instance, what Rand Paul said is accurate. Rand Paul had said that there were last minute changes made not through legislative chambers in very specific states to election law. And it seems that the media wants to make that all go away. And my question to you in the media and to leftists, because they're the only ones who want to silence legitimate debate is, listen, it's 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 there are two sides to every story. And on one side, we're saying, well, what if we made last minute election law changes in states like Texas and Florida that were Republican leaning that basically shut some Democrats out of voting at the last minute, even if if the effect was unintended, but it happened. Wouldn't you want us to ask questions about that? Isn't it a goal, a goal for all of us in the legitimate, free, fair, constitutional republic with a free and fair media? Isn't it a goal for all of us to want to have faith and fidelity and some loyalty to the process we believe in? Why is this? Why is everybody so eager to shut everyone up? I'm genuinely confused about this. Here's part two. The media desperate again to silence you. Part two of this interview with Rand Paul, where Stephanopoulos, again, pretending to be a journalist, just admit you're a partisan activist. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I, listen, I was an activist. I was a candidate. I'm a conservative opinion maker. I have conservative opinions. There's nothing wrong with that, but I'm honest about it. Just stop pretending to be a journalist. Here's Stephanopoulos again on a show that pretends to be doing journalism, questioning Rand Paul again and trying to silence him from bringing up legitimate questions about the process that happened in 2020. Check this out. Well, 75 percent of Republicans agree with you because they were fed a big lie by President Trump and his supporters who say the election was stolen. Why can't you say? Well, I think where President you make, Biden I think, won I think where you make a mistake. In, uh, hey, George, George. George, where you make a mistake is that people coming from the liberal side like you, you immediately say everything's a lie instead of saying there are two sides to everything. Historically, what would happen is if I said that I thought there was fraud, you would interview someone else who said there wasn't. But now you insert yourself in the middle and say that the absolute well, fact is that everything I'm saying is a lie. Well, because, say Senator, I said what the president said was a lie because to. he said, hold we're on a second. To. He said the election was stolen. This election was not stolen. This The results were certified in every You're single state. Was, you're saying, counts you're, saying, and recounts. you're saying that absolutely it was you're saying there was no fraud and it's all been investigated. And that's just not true. So it's not what I said, sir. I said the Department of Justice found no evidence. Let me, let me finish. finish my point. No, you say you said something that was you, not true. You say we're all liars. You're just simply saying we're all liars. And I said it was a lie that the election was stolen. Premise that you're right. and We're wrong. Well, let, no, well, let's let's talk about the specifics of it. In Wisconsin, tens of thousands of absentee votes had only the name on them and no address. Historically, those were thrown out this time. They weren't. They made special accommodations because they said, oh, it's a pandemic and people forgot what their address was. So they changed the law after the fact. That is wrong. That's unconstitutional. And I plan on spending the next two years going around state to state and fixing these problems. And I won't be cowed by liberals in the media who say there's no evidence here and you're a liar if you talk about election fraud no let's have an open debate it's a free country i i thought that's i thought that's what we did here in the united states i thought we were allowed to do that i thought we were allowed and permitted by you know things like the bill of rights god-given big r uh big r god-given rights i thought we were allowed to ask questions we're, we're not we're, we're not anymore why is why is the left gone full totalitarian? I want to I want to say to the leftists and the people in the media trying to silence open debate. Um, you really do disgust me. I think I've been fair about this from the start. I don't have evidence to show you number wise that I can conclusively prove this election was stolen in 2020. I don't. I don't think I've ever said that. I'm actually pretty crystal clear. No, I don't have that evidence. However, I do have evidence that there were a lot of abnormalities in 2020, which are making a lot of sane, rational Americans question a lot of things about our elections. 
Why are you so eager to silence everyone? I don't understand the beach ball under the water. Why are you pushing the beach ball under the water so hard? Is Rand Paul not bringing up legitimate questions? Constitutional processes? Absentee ballots where processes were changed in the last minute, which made a lot of Americans question what happened in very specific districts. Why is George Stephanopoulos so eager to call everybody a liar? Ladies and gentlemen, here's the third part of this interview where, again, he talks about how the media just is inserting themselves into the story, Rand Paul, that is, and not letting anybody speak openly about what happened or trying to silence everyone. And that's not working out quite well because Rand Paul seems quite upset about it. And I have to tell you, I said to someone yesterday who sent me this clip, this may be one of the single greatest media appearances I've seen in the last five or six years by someone who's just refusing to take it anymore. Rand Paul, check this out. There's there is no widespread evidence of election fraud that overturned the results that was stated as well by the Department of Justice led by President Trump's attorney general in Wisconsin. There were counts and recounts. It was never studied. Even that's not true. Even that's not true. Even William that's Barr not said true. That Barr said that, but there was, yes, he said that, yes, that was a pronouncement. There has been no examination, thorough examination of all the states to see what problems we had and see if they could fix them. Now, let me say, to be clear, I voted to certify the state electors because I think it would be wrong for Congress to overturn that. But at the same time, I'm not willing just to sit here and say, oh, everybody on the Republican side is a liar and there is no fraud. No, there were lots of problems and there were secretaries of state who illegally changed the law and that needs to be fixed and I'm going to work hard to fix it and I won't be cowed by people saying, oh, you're a liar. That's the problem with the media today is they say all Republicans are liars and everything we say is a lie. There are two sides to every story. Interview somebody on the other side, but don't insert yourself into the story to say we're all liars because we there, do some fraud there, in the election. There are not- you know, we're in a really dangerous place right now. Folks, I can't explain to you in strong enough terms how behind the scenes is far worse than what you're seeing in the public eye right now. The pressure being exerted on people to not speak, to shut their mouths, to render themselves prisoners in an ideological prison, and to not dare ask legitimate questions. Like, why did we have such significant roll-off in 2020? Why did we have so many people in various places that voted for the top of the ticket but not down-ballot races? Is it not fair to ask that? Maybe there's a, a good, legitimate answer to that everywhere. I hope there is. No one should ever hope there was voter fraud. The entire republic would collapse. Has anyone asked in detail and done an analysis of why signature verifications, the rejection rate was so low despite an expansion of absentee and mail-in balloting. Does that seem to make any sense? Has anyone asked why we allowed bureaucrats and secretaries of state to make unquestionably unconstitutional changes to voting law at the last minute? Granted, we did have an outbreak of the coronavirus. That's not up for dispute. But the coronavirus outbreak happened long before the November election. We had months to figure it out. Why the last minute changes done without state legislatures, which didn't allow the system time to absorb all the shock of these new mail mail in ballots. Don't we all want this? Don't we all want free and fair elections we can all believe in all the time? Why would we not want that? Folks, I'm, I'm going to roll from that into this next story because I read this yesterday and I have to tell you it was jaw-dropping. The report I'm talking about is titled The Legitimacy and Effect of Private Funding in Federal and State Electoral Processes. Folks, let me be crystal clear. Despite that rather dry title, this is not about private funding like corporations donating to PACs and people donating to candidates. It's about actual private corporate money going to influence how states affect their election laws and what what worked out to be money going into turnout in Democrat areas and not Republican areas via state laws. Doesn't that sound a little dangerous? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Are we not allowed to ask questions anymore? I'm just asking questions. If you, any Democrat or media person should be asking, too. I'm going to get to that report in a second. Let me get to my second sponsor, our friends at Relief Band. Do you know that a third of Americans regularly suffer from nausea? 
I did. You know what I went through with the chemotherapy? It's just nausea is the worst. Is there anything worse? No one wants to be hugging a toilet bowl. It's awful. I'm really sorry, but it's true. It's terrible. That's why I was really stoked uh, to partner up with Relief Band. Relief Band's the number one FDA cleared anti-nausea, uh, anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines like Paula gets, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and more. The product's 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, provides all-natural relief with how many side effects? Zero side effects for as long as needed. I loved it. It worked instantaneously for me the minute you hit the power button. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients, but now the relief band's available to the masses. How it works is relief band stimulates a nerve in the wrist. It travels to a part of the brain that controls nausea. You hit the power button, it went away like that. Then it blocks the signal your brain's sending to the stomach telling you that you're sick. Relief Band's the only over-the-counter wearable device that's been used in hospitals and oncology clinics to treat nausea and vomiting. It worked for me. I really couldn't have got through without it. This year, ensure nausea is never the reason to miss out on life's important moments. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for Dan Bongino listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Bongino, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money back guarantee. So head to reliefband.com. That's reliefband.com. Use our promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O for 20% off. All right, let's get back to this report. So ladies and gentlemen, this report again covers private money used, uh, used and into um, into state governments that it, it appears influence the election. Now, how is that? That doesn't sound like that should be able to happen, does it? I want to read to you first portions of the executive summary, which again, if you made it past page eight of this report without your jaw hitting the floor, I'd be stunned. Listen to this. This is how it starts off. It says the 2020 presidential election witnessed an unprecedented and coordinated public-private partnership to improperly influence the 2020 presidential election on behalf of a particular candidate and party. Huh? What? Funded by hundreds of millions of dollars from Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg and other high-tech interests, activist organizations created a two-tiered election system that treated voters differently depending on whether they lived in a Democrat or Republican stronghold. That doesn't sound right. Private monies dictated city and county election management, contrary to both federal law and state election plans endorsed and developed by state legislators with with legislatures with authority granted by the U.S. Constitution. Moreover, executive officials in swing states facilitated through unique and novel contracts the sharing of private and sensitive information about citizens within the states with private interests. Some who actively promote leftist candidates and agendas. Um... That's pretty astonishing, ladies and gentlemen, that private money, the allegations in this report, private money, money from corporations was used to influence state governments, to influence turnout and and, and legislative proposals in Democrat areas that would enhance turnout, but not in Republican areas. Keep in mind, this is not about PAC money. This is not about donating to candidates. This is about money given to governments to enhance turnout in Democrat areas over Republican areas. Let's be crystal clear. Let's move to screenshot two from this report. By the way, you read the whole report. The link to it is in my show notes, my daily newsletter, Bongino.com slash newsletter. Please subscribe free. Read the whole thing. It is worth your time. Here's screenshot two. They talk about in-person voting and how all of the controls that are present for in-person voting, something I think there's uh, agreement among which with sane people. When you're in-person voting and you have to present an ID, we know it's you. We can walk you through the process, make sure you signed your ballot, make sure it's done properly. So the first paragraph starts about that. But here's where it goes awry here. It says, accordingly, state laws have basic common sense laws protecting the integrity of the absentee advance or mailed ballot. Beginning in the spring of 2020, left-leaning organizations filed a massive number of lawsuits to challenge these voter integrity laws. Lawsuits sought to set aside witness requirements, identification requirements, deadlines, delivery requirements, ballot deadlines, signature requirements, application requirements, and even argued that the Constitution required all return ballot envelopes be postage prepaid due to COVID. Okay, folks, we understand COVID happened. We understand exceptions had to be made, but those exceptions had to be done the appropriate right way through legislative chambers. Do you really think it's a good idea to go to mass mail-in balloting while simultaneously at the same time suing to dump signature verification laws, voter deadlines, 
You think that's a good idea? This report exposes all of this. Here's another part of it. That again, gather your jaw from the floor after reading this. This is where it gets really, really weird. Soon after, the investigators here witnessed the rumblings of a previously sleepy 501c3 organization called the Center for Tech and Civic Life, whose previous annual revenues never exceeded $1.2 million. So we'll call them the CTCL. How do they enter into this report? Well, the CTCL began sending agents into states to recruit certain Democrat strongholds to prepare grants requesting monies from the CTCL. For example, the CTCL inked a $100,000 grant to the mayor of Racine, Wisconsin in May of 2020, directing the mayor. Wow, this is interesting. Private money and private groups are directing the mayor to do something. Directing the mayor to recruit four other cities, Green Bay, Kenosha, Madison, and Milwaukee, to develop a joint grant request to the CTCL. This effort results in the city submitting a Wisconsin safe election plan on January 15th, 2020 to the CTCL. Hmm. Gee, that's that's really weird. You have cities now, private government, uh, private entities funding a group, the group now pairing up with cities to give money and grants to those cities to make sure that turnout is enhanced only in Democrat areas. Ladies and gentlemen, that sounds a little dangerous, doesn't it? That sounds a little dangerous in that what if, say, let's say a group the left hates. So we switch this around a little bit. What do you say like a group the left hates, like the Koch brothers, not a group, those are private citizens. The Koch brothers donated a billion dollars to make sure that governments pass laws that would enhance turnout in Republican areas of the United States and depress turnout in Democrat areas. You'd be a little upset. I'm just guessing. I'm just going to guess you'd be a little upset about that. Is that, that a fair assessment? Oh, it gets worse. From the report, the provision of Zuckerberg's CTCL funds allowed these Democrat strongholds to spend roughly $47 per voter compared to $4 to $7 per voter in traditionally Republican areas of the state. Moreover, this recruiting of targeted jurisdictions for specific government action and funding runs contrary to legislative election plans and invites government to play favorites in the election process. Again, I thought that was a bad idea. The Wisconsin safe election plan was not authored by the state and considered state election integrity laws as obstacles and nuisances to be ignored or circumvented. Moreover, the CTCL retained the right in the grant document. This is insane, folks. In its sole discretion to order all funds returned if the grantee cities did not conduct the election consistent with CTCL dictates. So now we have, what, billion-dollar corporations donating a bunch of money to private entities, private entities then using those grants to give money to Democrat governments, Democrat governments which change and, uh, and, and alter and, 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 and soften around the edges laws um, and procedures designed to enhance the Democrat vote at the expense of the Republican vote. That sounds like a really awful idea. Well, what are some of the things the CTCL managed to implement in these five cities we just discussed in Wisconsin? Going back to what they say, and this plan violated state law, at least in the following fashion. They go through them one by one. I'll just give you three here. Here's one. The CTCL plan circumvented voter identification requirements for absentee ballots by attempting to classify all voters as indefinitely confined due to covid And later, after the Wisconsin Supreme Court criticism by ordering election clerks not to question the claims. Second, the plan initiated the use of drop boxes for ballot collection, significantly breaching the chain of custody of the ballot and failing to maintain proper logs and reviews to ensure all properly cast ballots were counted and all improperly cast ballots were not counted. Third, from this report. It initiated the consolidation of counting centers, justifying the flow of hundreds of thousands of ballots to one location and the marginalization, marginalization of Republican poll watchers, such that, by, such that bipartisan participation in the management, handling and counting of the ballots was compromised. Folks, again, 
Am I telling you that there's direct evidence here that uh, this election was stolen? That's not what I'm telling you. I don't have that uh, evidence to tell. I don't. But do I have evidence that there definitely was some mismanagement in this election that's going to cause long-term problems if we don't get this fixed right away. And independent media folks of sane and rational mind should be looking at this and saying, wait, that doesn't sound right. If we're going to allow both private entities, private money, and corporations to essentially buy off governments with grants that they can take back if the governments don't do what they wish to enhance turnout for one party and not the other, don't you think we're flying into the danger zone here? And I don't mean the Top Gun theme song there. Why are you not concerned about this? Again, why are you not concerned about Rand Paul's points that we brought up in the beginning of the show about last minute non-legislative changes that violated state law and the Constitution, changes to the election that may have had significant impact on how it was conducted? Why are you not concerned about that? Because your guy won? I ask you this, if Donald Trump had won and the Republicans in state legislatures around the country at the last minute changed laws that they felt suppressed votes in Democrat-leaning counties, wouldn't you be kind of pissed? Now, do you see why totalitarians and the left and the free media are trying to, in Soviet-style Pravda fashion, shut everyone up around them? The harder you press, the more I will discuss what I need to discuss on this show to get the truth out of because I will not stop asking questions and the truth matters. No matter what, No matter what you think you're going to do, you will not stop us. We will talk and get the truth out there because the truth matters. Showing you, by the way, how hypocritical these companies, these corporations that want to fund groups to influence state governments to enhance the vote of one party. But how these very same groups, when we start asking questions to them in these private corporations, they seem to fold in a hypocritical manner. Look at this Breitbart story. It'll be in the show notes. Amazon, Amazon, you know, the ruthlessly attacked parlor. Ruthlessly. Amazon, an unquestionably left-leaning company. Amazon fights against mail-in voting in a union decision affecting Amazon, back, by the way, to preserve, quote, vote fidelity. I thought we're not allowed to talk about that. I thought we're not allowed to talk about that. I thought even daring to question mail-in voting was some kind of a historical sin punishable by what? Boiling people alive? And yet it's interesting when a union vote that's going to affect Amazon's bottom line happens and the unions want to vote by mail-in voting, Amazon says, no, no, we're not doing that because it's going to mess up the integrity of the election. That's really weird how you care so much about a union election, but you don't seem to care at all, oddly enough. You don't seem to care at all about an election that's only going to affect the future of the country. That's really strange. That's really strange. Amazon's very upset about mail-in balloting when it comes to their factories and having to spend more for union labor. But yeah, when it comes to the future of the country, Amazon, Facebook, and others, they seem to be on the left side of the ledger. Where, no, no, mail-in voting for national elections is A-OK. And if you dare to ask questions, we're going to make sure we kick you off the platform. (sighs) Insane. Folks, uh, I want to talk uh, next. I'm going to get to a spot, but I'll give you the headline of this. I want to talk next about um, this article at the Wall Street Journal. I'm going to move on because there's a lot to get to today. Last week, we had a really well-received segment on the Thursday and Friday shows about the the schism between the left and the right and how there's no meeting in the middle anymore. I wish there were, but there isn't. The left believes government experts are smarter than you, that you're stupid. They've said it. You're the deplorables, the great unwashed, the smelly Walmart people, as the FBI discussed uh, when they were talking about the Trump case, talked about all the people who support Trump. You've obviously been called a litany of of really disgusting and grotesque, uh, you know, terms, you know, white supremacists, racists, all this stuff. None of that's actually true, but you're called it every day. And it's really tough to take um, because, you know, it's false and the most offen- they're the most offensive things you can call someone. 
But I discussed last week how the left and the right, there's just no meeting in the middle. The left believes that if you would just shut up because you're deplorable and stupid and let government experts take care of things, the world is a perfectible place. Yet we believe in what Thomas Sowell calls the constrained vision of humankind, that we're all sinners and allowing other sinners who are fallible to have power over our lives rather than having a robust individual liberty is guaranteed to fail because the people have the same flaws we do, even the so-called experts. So I want to discuss this article in the Wall Street Journal that nails it. I did not intend this. It came out uh, this weekend, yesterday or so. I read it and I thought this is going to be great for the show because it discusses exactly what we mentioned last week. It's called Trump and the failure of the expert class. I'm going to get to that next with a couple of screenshots about how the experts, the left, want you to turn your life and forfeit your life over to have failed you greatly. Let me get to my third sponsor today, uh, We the People Holsters. Ladies and gentlemen, we're living in uncertain times and millions have come to realize the importance of the Second Amendment. If you're looking for the perfect accessory to go with that perfect firearm, get an American-made holster from our friends at We the People Holsters. Starting at just $40, We the People Holsters are custom molded to fit your exact firearm. They have thousands of options, including an amazing selection of printed holsters. They're proprietary clip design allows for you to easily adjust both the cant and the ride of your holster so it's comfortable and secure at all times. It's my preferred choice. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan, and while you're there, check out our premium printed hoodies, long sleeve long, long t-shirts, and their new EDC tactical gun belt comes paired with the patented Cobra buckle. Every holster and gun belt comes with a lifetime guarantee. If it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a full refund. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan, wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Get an additional $10 off. We all love promo codes with the offer code Dan. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan, wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. All right, getting back to that piece. So folks, this is, you know, why being a conservative and a libertarian and a good, strong, principles-based Republican matters. Because local accountability matters. And when we start voting for people in national elections and those national elections, these experts take power over our lives. We don't have the ability. Local elections matter. And I want you to look up the principle of subsidiarity. Subsidiarity says this. Anytime you can delegate management to someone else, you want it at the most local level for two reasons. One, your vote matters more. If your tax rates and everything else outside of a national military, a court system, we get that there's, you know, federalism does have a role, obviously, for the federal government, that most power should be delegated to people who are local at the closest and the lowest level of management possible because your vote matters more. I always use the example of an HOA. If there's 30 homes in an HOA, your vote means a whole lot in the HOA. Your vote in a presidential election, although you must do it critically, just as a matter of pure math, doesn't mean as much. Also, Accountability. Your HOA is accountable to you because there's 30 of you. So if five of you get upset about something, you could vote out the members of the HOA board. So they're accountable. That doesn't happen in national elections where these experts are ignoring us completely because they think they're smarter than us and they think we're all idiots. Here's the first screenshot from this piece where they absolutely nail it. The the failure of the so-called experts. They say, quote, the failure began with the country's top consultants and pollsters. These are the pollster failures. Well, again, experts in the election who've totally let us down. Candidate Trump did almost everything lavishly uh, paid political consultants would have told him. He, he listened to him and did tell him not to do any one. He did almost everything. Any one. The most respected pollsters, meanwhile, predicted a landslide for Hillary Clinton. America's best and brightest political uh, adepts turned out to be turned out to know very little about the elections they claimed to understand. Holsters. They're the experts, right? Dictating public policy by what the public believes and don't believe. Hey, we took a poll. It said this. We took a poll. It said that. It's amazing that the pollsters and political consultants were paying all this money to. Again, as a piece just said, Trump did everything they told him to do and did everything they told him not to do. And he still won. Do you get the whole point of that? That it was a 50-50 shot what a, what a political pollster and consultant told you to do it, win or not. Because Trump did everything they said and everything they told him not to do, and he still won. And yet we're supposed to turn over again our lives, forfeit our lives over to the so-called, air quotes, experts. Experts who had a 50-50 shot of getting it right. That sounds like a coin flip to me. Save yourself the money on the consultants. Here's another area the experts completely blew it. The foreign policy geniuses. It says the theory 
That made, made, made sense only if you couldn't grasp the obvious reasons for Mr. Trump's victory, namely that Hillary Clinton was a terrible candidate and that Obama-era progressivism had become sufficiently unpopular in the Midwest to throw the election to the nationalist candidate. Somehow, it was easier for smart and accomplished people to believe that a TV celebrity and a political neophyte with attention deficit issues had entered into a diabolically ingenious pact with a foreign dictator in which the dictator helped him pick up just enough votes in the states he needed to win. So we had the geniuses in the media. I'm sorry, this was, I had that backwards. We had the experts in the media telling us that Trump was involved in an assault on democracy and that he had somehow colluded with Vladimir Putin to win the election. In utter absurdity, any sane person would have thrown out the window immediately. But note it, folks, note it, note it, write it, tattoo it on your brain. It was the experts in the media. It was the foreign policy crowd that I'll get to next. Again, it kind of... uh, parlayed no pun intended um (laughs) tell you that story one day too uh from the uh the russian collusion hoax where all the geniuses told us this absurd theory was real and people believed it and we're supposed to put our faith in what thomas soul would call uh you know call the unconstrained vision the unconstrained vision that we have these really super smart people that are so brilliant They are unconstrained by human limits that if we turn our lives over to them, the same people who blew the polls, who blew the political consulting, who told us the collusion hoax was real, we're supposed to place our faith in them for our lives. Our health care, our kids' education, everything is ridiculous. Here we go with the foreign policy geniuses and experts that failed us. It says, quote, America's foreign policy elite didn't perform appreciably better. For decades, they insisted that peace between Israel and the Arab world was impossible without a long-term solution to the Israel-Palestinian problem. It was an axiom, no longer even up for debate, folks. Don't you dare even ask. Yet Mr. Trump followed through on a promise long made but not kept by the U.S. government to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Foreign policy experts the world over predicted hellish payback from the Arab world. But the recognition went forward. The U.S. embassy moved and the payback consisted of a day's worth of inconsequential protests. Again, ladies and gentlemen, the danger going forward of an ever-expanding federal government and anti-subsidiarity, moving the management of your life, your taxes, your business, your kids' education, your health care, moving the management of all of those things critical to your very existence and livelihood in life, moving them far away from your local town, government, city council, and state, and into the hands of a federal government dominated by so-called experts who can't seem to get everything right. How is this not a recipe for disaster? And then in turn, after they get everything wrong, daring to silence you, which is what they're trying to do to this show now, for daring to ask common sense questions we should all be asking. Here's the last one where when we turned our lives and businesses over to experts at the national and state level, when it came to managing the coronavirus, what happened? Catastrophe happened. And I'm going to get to the consequences of this disaster next. Last cut from this uh, Wall Street Journal piece. The Trump administration made its share of mistakes during the early stages of the pandemic, although its chief failing was the president's lack of rhetorical clarity. But the outstanding failure of the 2020 pandemic was the experts' belief that only the, the only, only sensible response involves sustained closures of businesses and schools. By any set of criteria outside the self-contained system of public health best practices, the lockdowns failed. They purchased minor slowdowns in the spread of the virus at the cost of punishing economic destruction, untold social dysfunction, and mind-blowing public debt. Folks, I said to you again on a very popular show last week, we did very well last week, thanks to you, and I deeply appreciate it. One of the other things we brought up was I'm seeing an increasing number of articles going to places we don't want to go about how the country is breaking up. It's rupturing at the seams. We have groups of people who don't talk to each other. We have media people who want other media people silenced. We have media people who want any outstanding, outside of what they consider mainstream analysis, silenced, bankrupted. We cannot continue like this. And I discussed how the options going forward are getting increasingly dangerous. 
and have to be avoided. And one of the options I'd mentioned to you that I think would work for getting to some kind of public smoking of the proverbial peace pipe, some public rapprochement here, would be a shrinking of the federal government and delegating powers, constitutional powers, which are supposed to be delegated to the states back to the states. Let the locals in the states handle their business. What are the consequences of turning our lives over to these government experts? They're dramatic, ladies and gentlemen. Here's number one. The experts told us, you got to close down the schools. They're going to be mass pools of infection for the coronavirus. People are going to die everywhere. Get your kids out of the school. Send them home. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we found out now that none of that's actually true. That kids are not, in fact, super spreaders. Matter of fact, it's unlike the flu, where kids can be super spreaders and frequently are, and is very dangerous for children. That science and the data, which I thought we all believed in, but the media silenced for so long, just like they're trying to silence anyone daring to discuss anything involved with the 2020 election now... Now everybody's starting to recognize that the science said otherwise, that unlike the flu, actually, it's very rare for children to get deadly, thank God, infections of the coronavirus. Not unheard of, but rare. And that they're not, in fact, super spreaders. But yet you see this article in the Chicago Sun Times, Chicago Sun Sun Times, tongue twister, because we actually believe this stuff. The Chicago's Teachers Union votes to refuse in-person work, defy the Chicago Public Schools reopening plan. These are supposed to be teachers unions in it for the kids. Now do you see the danger of forfeiting power over your own life and understanding that you live by the constrained vision of humankind? People are sinners. People are sinners. They will make mistakes. It doesn't mean there isn't good in people. It means that sadly, there is a lot of evil out there and the power of evil grows as you give people power over your lives because power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Lord Acton, all great men are inherently bad men. Yet we've turned the power to educate our kids over almost exclusively to public schools, which have a monopoly over our money and can now say no in-person learning for your kids. You are out unless you have the money like the wealthy few to pull your kids out of schools. And send them into private schools. Everyone else, you're screwed. The Chicago's Teachers Union says, no education for your kids. You're going to do it from home. But it's not working from home. It doesn't matter. You turned your power over to us. We were the experts. And we are, in fact, going to punish you for it. Well, what are the consequences to that? Well, folks, the consequences are very real. They're very serious. And they're very deadly. Here's an article I pulled from the New York Times. It's one of the saddest things you're going to read today. Surge of student suicides pushes pushes Las Vegas schools to reopen. It says firmly linking teen suicides to school closings is difficult, but rising mental health emergencies and suicide rates point to the toll the pandemic lockdown has taken. Erica Green, New York Times. I got goosebumps talking about this because it's... It's so emotional and it's so sad. Ladies and gentlemen, there are consequences to putting your faith in government experts. Taking the power and sovereignty over your own life, your own neighborhood. And instead of giving that power and sovereignty in certain arenas to local folks where there's accountability and your vote would matter more. Liberals and totalitarian leftists and their media allies have forced upon us a narrative where No, no, turn that power not locally over to folks, but turn it over nationally to experts and smart people. You mean the same smart people? The same smart people that told us we should close schools? That now that we've closed schools and locked down the economy, we're in the middle of a mental health emergency where suicides are going through the roof? Kids who will never take another breath of oxygen because we put our faith in experts that absolutely failed us? You think maybe we should have left that decision up to locals to make that decision locally and let the parents decide, you think? Maybe we should lean more now towards the limited, constrained view of humankind that not every expert has the answer. And maybe the sphere of influence that matters most is a sphere of of influence in your own household. Folks, I got more. 
because there are more consequences to placing your faith in national government experts who failed you. And they're happening right now. Let me, um, let me get to my, uh, my last sponsor today. But the next one's devastating too. And I feel really bad for the people um, in New Mexico. New Mexico, what does that have to do with anything? Don't go anywhere. We'll get to that next. I do. I feel bad. And I think um, trying to dunk on them right now is a bad idea. Remember, 43% of people in New Mexico voted for Donald Trump. Don't forget that. I'll get to that in a second. Um, our final sponsor today, our friends at Bowling Branch. Ladies and gentlemen, we sleep on Bowling Branch sheets. I told you the only downside to Bowling Branch sheets is you'll never want to sleep on any other. I'm not kidding. You're not going to want to. You will notice the difference when you go and stay in a hotel. You're going to be like, get me back to my house with my Bowling Branch sheets. <laughs> not a joke. No one wants to cut corners on what's important. And a few things matter more than a good night's rest. The signature hemmed sheets from Bowl and Branch are a bestseller for a reason. They are buttery soft. Consists of lightweight organic cotton and a classic sateen weave for sheets that get softer over time. It's like a fine wine. Not too hot, not too cool. The perfect year-round sheets for most sleepers. Bowl and Branch focuses on quality over quantity. No inflated thread counts here because more isn't always better. Best of all, Bowl and Branch gives you a fair price plus a 30-day risk-free trial with free shipping and returns. Experience hands down the best sheets you've ever felt at bowlandbranch.com. You're on these things eight hours a night. Get yourself the best. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, at checkout. Make sure you get the URL right. It's bowl, B-O-L-L, and branch.com, bowlandbranch.com, promo code Bongino for 15% off. Check these things out. You're going to love them. All right. Getting back to the show. Folks, there are real consequences to this. There are real consequences of ceding sovereignty over our own lives to people in the federal government at the national level. Joe Biden has only been in office now. God, gosh, what a week. I don't, I don't even know. I'm losing track of time. So much stuff is happening. It's like drinking from a fire hose every day. A week, and we've already seen buyer's remorse. This is from the AP. The assert, I noticed, by the way, today in some of these stories, I use the Chicago Sun-Times, the New York Times, and AP. In case you think I'm trying to gaslight you by, oh, these are just conservative outlets complaining. No, they're not. These are left-wing outlets. Associated Press, headline, Susan Montoya Bryan. Biden's pause on oil caused for big concern in New Mexico. Over 50% of voters in New Mexico voted for Joe Biden. Did you think Joe Biden in the election was kidding? When Joe Biden hinted that he was going to attack the oil industry. Those were not his exact precise words, but ladies and gentlemen, you saw during the debate him get nailed, you know, nailed to the wall by Donald Trump about his threats to move against the oil and gas industry. Well, ladies and gentlemen, New Mexico, roughly 30, 40 percent of New Mexico's state budget comes from certain royalties from the oil and gas industry. Now, all of a sudden, you're seeing New Mexico voters and Pennsylvania voters who rely on fracking in Pennsylvania start to say, wait, wait, we voted for Biden. We didn't think there were going to be any real consequences. There are always real consequences consequences when you cede sovereignty over your own life to people you believe are unconstrained experts in the federal government who will screw you at the first opportunity. Why? Because Joe Biden is a man. He is not a God. He is not a messiah. He is susceptible to the exact same pressures and the exact same foibles and fallible uh, personality components we all have. He wants to be loved and he wants to be loved by the left, which hates oil and gas. So he moved as soon as he could to impress people on the left because he cares about power and he cares about being loved. Adam Smith style. You may say, Adam Smith, he was a free market capitalist. No, Adam Smith, the desire to be lovely is a very real thing and to be loved. Now, you know, I, I said before and I meant it, I saw a lot on social media, people like Duncan on New Mexico and Pennsylvania. Ah, you got what you asked for with Joe Biden. Folks, I don't think that's right. I'm sorry. That's not right. Yeah, 50% of people who voted for Joe Biden in those respective states got what they asked for. But what about the 43% of uh, people in New Mexico who voted for Donald Trump? More than that in Pennsylvania. They didn't ask for this. They didn't ask for this. Maybe we should dunk on the Democrats in New Mexico and, and be careful. 
Again, I'm not lecturing anybody. I'm just saying I don't think that helps us right now. Large swaths of these states understood the damage Joe Biden was going to do to their states via his attacks on the oil and gas industry. The others just didn't listen. But it goes back to that quote, democracy, you know, you, when you get to vote, you get the results good and hard, right? Sorry if I'm not telling you the exact one, but now you're getting it good and hard for the Democrats. Unfortunately, everyone else was of, uh, again, sane and rational mind in New Mexico and Pennsylvania and understood the attacks coming their way. They're suffering the fallout. And I genuinely feel bad for you. I do. The warning signs, ladies and gentlemen, were everywhere, however. Showing you again the hypocrisy and how they're putting your faith in government experts who will lie to you. Look at this one. Remember there was a travel ban by Donald Trump the beginning of the outbreak of the uh, coronavirus. Remember that? Here's Joe Biden's tweet. We'll throw this up on the screen. This is uh, from March of 2020 when Joe Biden was a candidate. He didn't like travel bans to stop the spread of the coronavirus back then in March of 2020. Matter of fact, he tweeted, stop the xenophobic fear mongering. Be honest. Take responsibility. Do your job. So there's a couple of things in this tweet that are fascinating and I'd like to point out showing you how when you put your faith in fallible human beings, they will always let you down and turn on a dime when they think it'll benefit themselves and their desire to be lovely to their constituents in their search for power. First, uh, Biden seems to have a real problem with the term China virus. And so did the media. Oh my gosh, it's a virus from China. We can't call it the China virus. Well, that's fascinating because when you see this next, and he doesn't like travel bans, apparently. Here's NBC News. Just in, President Biden's expected to impose a, tra tra wait, travel? Does that say travel ban on Monday? It does. That's really weird. President Biden expected to impose a travel ban on Monday for most non-U.S. citizens traveling from South Africa, two White House officials say. Biden's also expected to reinstate restrictions affecting travel from the U.K., Ireland, and parts of Europe. Hmm. So there's two things I'd like to bring up. One, how Joe Biden is obviously a total fraud and a hypocrite. He didn't seem to appreciate travel bans when President Trump uh, was in office. Because why? Because he thought he could appeal to his left wing base by attacking Donald Trump. But the minute he got in office and understood the danger from unmitigated travel into the United States by coronavirus variants we don't yet fully understand, what did he immediately do? He instituted a travel ban. I thought, I thought travel bans were banned. I thought they were banned. And I thought we weren't calling the virus by its country or location of origin. I thought that was now racist and xenophobic, which is fascinating because if you read the media coverage today, what are you going to hear nonstop talk of? The, the South Africa variant, the UK variant. So just to be clear, if it's a variant of a coronavirus, COVID-19 from China, don't dare call it the China virus because that's definitely racist and xenophobic or whatever word they make up, phobophobic, istophobic, phobophobe. But when it comes from the UK or South Africa, definitely call it the South Africa variant or the UK variant because that makes perfect sense if you're a moron. Getting there? Look good? Check out the video today, folks. I want to, I want to see if you can catch certain things. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Seriously, watch the video of the show. I want to see how many of you uh, email me. Some of you can catch. Some of you will catch on quickly, especially my longtime listeners. Don't worry. Joe is okay. Producer Joe is a-okay. He's listening right now. Hey, Joe, take yourself off mute. Just say hello so everybody knows you're okay. Can you just say hello to everyone? Hey, hello, everybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean to laugh. This is a serious segment, but I don't want you to get worried. Joe is okay. Stay tuned over the coming weeks. We'll brief you in on everything that's going on with the Dan Bongino show and all the efforts we make to get this show on the air every day and not miss a single episode. Despite the tidal wave coming ashore of negativity directed at Slithy. All right, get into this next one. On a serious note, again, showing you that there are consequences to putting your faith in government experts. Here's a Blaze article. Tucker Carlson reveals email sent to ICE officers after Biden's deportation order. Release them all immediately. Um, 
So again, government experts told us the coronavirus was so deadly, we had to shut down our economy. Bankrupt, I don't know, maybe 10, 15% of American small businesses. Honestly, it's probably a lot larger, the number, but I'm trying not to be hyperbolic. Take kids out of school for two years, basically destroying their academic potential later in life. But we have to do all that. But let's make sure that people who come into the country who we have not checked, have not come through the legal process, have entered the country, in fact, illegally and are in detention. Let's just release them all immediately. That's a new Biden missive that went out that nobody seems too concerned about, ladies and gentlemen, nobody at all, despite conservative media. These are the consequences to putting your faith in government experts. Here's another one. Wall Street Journal article by Heather McDonald. Taking stock of a most violent year. Some blame the criminal mayhem on the pandemic, but persistent cop bashing emboldened criminals. The experts, you know, told us, hey, listen. Defund the police. They're attacking people who are minorities randomly, shooting people, hunting them down in the streets. It's time to defenestrate our police departments. And don't worry, we'll all be safe for fourth. The experts told us this, really smart people, did they? So it's interesting. When you look at the numbers of what happened from the journal piece, you find out that crime and murder is now exploding in our inner cities. And sadly, tragically, who is it affecting the most? Our minority population. Where there are 2,000 more dead black Americans now in some of these inner cities than there were just last year. Because leftist experts and smart people, air quotes, smart people, told us defunding the police and attacking police departments was the way forward. It was going to lead to a more just and fair society. It's not so just and fair if you're dead. Let me get to one last piece in Reuters. Reuters, and again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to use mainstream and left-leaning outlets for this section to show you how even left-leaning folks in the media are not going to be able to avoid the truth much longer. Putting your faith in the central government full of candidly very stupid people pretending to be smart is a recipe for disaster. Remember we were told how Trump mismanaged the CDC, how it was such a train wreck, the CDC, only because of Trump? Now we're finding out as emails start to come out from Reuters, who conveniently waited till you know, after the election. That's just really weird. Special report, how the U.S. CDC missed chances to spot COVID silent spread. I thought Trump did that. I thought that was Trump's fault. You know, we have an interesting screenshot from the piece here. And it describes how critics widely assume the CDC fumbled key decisions during the coronavirus outbreak because Donald Trump and his administration meddled in the agency's operation and muzzled internal experts. We were told that, right? Remember that? That Trump did it. Trump got involved with the CDC and pushed him and screwed him over and everything. Well, that's not really the case. Now even Reuters is saying, hey, well, the matter is now the subject of a congressional inquiry. Yet Reuters has found new evidence that the CDC's response, the CDC, the experts, folks, to the pandemic was also marred by actions or inaction by the agency's career scientists and frontline staff. Remember, the smart people and the experts. At a crucial moment in the pandemic, when Americans were quarantined after possible exposure to the virus abroad, the agency declined or resisted potentially valuable opportunities to study whether the disease could be spread by those without symptoms, according to previously undisclosed internal emails. Other documents and interviews with key players were included too. You understand what this means? While the media has now wasted a year attacking Donald Trump for his response to the coronavirus, we now find out due to a congressional inquiry and emails being exposed that it wasn't, in fact, Donald Trump. That when some in the administration were pushing to test people from Wuhan who were brought back from Wuhan, who were asymptomatic for the coronavirus and who wanted to test people from the Diamond Princess, the cruise ship that had a lot of infections. 
that the CDC got involved and said, ah, you know, I don't think we should do that. I think that's a privacy issue there, you know, testing them when they're asymptomatic, even though the government, excuse me, uh, the Trump administration and others said, well, you know, we can offer them an opt out, but maybe we should maybe we should test them. The CDC experts, some of the same experts, by the way, in the federal government and the others who told us, you know, don't wear a mask. It's terrible. And then wear a mask or you'll die. They said, no, nah, I don't think we need to test them. Let's just let the folks from Wuhan do their thing and the people from the Diamond Princess, Princess not showing symptoms. Let's not, uh, let's not do that. We're finding this out now after a year of blaming Donald Trump. All right, folks, I appreciate you tuning in today. It was a lot of material for one show. I just, I can't warn you in strong enough terms. Get ready for what's coming. I am not kidding. These people on the left have gone full totalitarian. Any questioning of their alleged expertise, which we just dismantled, will be met with calls for silencing, calls for censorship, calls for firing of people, calls for bankruptcy, calls for investigations. We're entering a really dark time, and the only way to stay fight back is to stay informed. And that's what I hope to do for you. That's why I refuse to miss a show. Thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe to the video version of the show, rumble.com slash Bongino. Sorry if it was a little abbreviated today. And also, if you wouldn't mind, check us out at BonginoReport.com. It's your news aggregator. It's like your morning newspaper. Check it out every morning. Bookmark the website, BonginoReport.com, for the best conservative news of the day. We really appreciate it. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.